sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to our number two, the morning after live on this Wednesday, right here on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, channel 159. That's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network, that would be Sports Grid, where you are watching. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday. I am Ben Stevens. The only full off day we have throughout this Major League Baseball All-Star break. But coming up in this second hour, a full preview of the second half of the Major League Baseball campaign with updated odds live right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm talking win totals, and I'm talking make playoff odds to truly conceptualize what is at stake in the second half of this MLB campaign. But a great thing happening right now throughout these summer months is the WNBA. And even on top of that, some matinee affairs, early afternoon games in the W that we can take advantage of as the rest of the sports calendar is slightly slowed down right now. And we have some great action in the WNBA season, also in the second half of their year in a postseason push. And yesterday, early on a Tuesday afternoon at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, our good friend Brendan Glasheen on the call for the Connecticut Sun and the New York Liberty. And it was a sun shining yesterday for Connecticut. A big victory over New York, 82-63 in that tri-state tilt. Connecticut easily covering as a big nine-and-a-half-point favorite. And the Sun have now won three of its four games since returning from that all-star break just about two weeks ago. As Brendan Glasheen laid out on this show, he is the voice of the Sun earlier this week, Front courts are going to be so important for the WNBA the rest of the way and in to that postseason run. Who are your big people up front? And what are they going to have to say at the forward slash center position and how valuable that is going to be? That was on full display for Connecticut yesterday. Brianna Jones, a game high, 21 points for Connecticut, adding in eight rebounds in her front court mate in Alyssa Thomas, a double-double, 18 and 13 last night. Again, Brendan was saying how important the front court is in the W this year, and Connecticut did that yesterday, a 19-point victory, still without probably their best front court player, and John Quell Jones still in the health and safety protocols. However, on the other side for the Liberty, it has not been a great stretch. Now, just 9 and 16 straight up, the second-worst record in the entire league, Sabrina Ionescu yesterday, just 13 points, 6 of 18 from the floor, and the Liberty now have lost four straight games, which has put them behind the eight ball in terms of making that push for one of those final three postseason spots. And speaking of those three final playoff spots, a huge upset victory for the Atlanta Dream yesterday on the road in Vegas against the Aces, a 16-point win for the Dream when the Aces were booked as a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. Atlanta cashes a plus-650 Moneyline underdog outright ticket. A huge game from Tiffany Hayes for Atlanta. A game-high 31 points in the rookie phenom. Ryan Howard adds 24 points as well. She was the number one overall pick in the most recent WNBA draft out of Kentucky a 12 and a half point underdog on the road outright for Atlanta 
who is now just two games below 500, 12 and 14 straight up, owns that sixth spot in the WNBA standings, a full half game ahead of both the Sparks and the Dallas Wings for that sixth spot in that postseason battle. Quickly here, a welcome to our Sports Grid radio audience, all of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the mix. I am Ben Stevens, the W Watch. Going around the WNBA, some action yesterday and an early game on this Wednesday afternoon as well. So again, Atlanta is 12 and 14. They have a half game advantage over both the Sparks and the Wings for the sixth spot of the final three in the postseason run. So the Sparks and the Wings tied for the final two playoff spots. Los Angeles beating Indiana yesterday. They are tied with Dallas at 11 and 14. But there's three teams behind the Sparks and the Wings right now within two games of those postseason spots, including the Liberty, despite the fact New York has lost five straight games. So the Aces yesterday, a 12-and-a-half-point home favorite. They lose outright by 16 points against Atlanta. Las Vegas a game-and-a-half behind the Chicago Sky, the reigning WNBA champs for that top spot in the WNBA standings. Yet Las Vegas remains the betting favorites to win a WNBA championship this year at plus 180. But Chicago only 20 cents behind at plus 200. When are we going to start to see this market move? It hasn't happened yet to move Vegas from that top spot in the odds board, despite the fact Chicago maintains a one and a half game lead over Las Vegas and a two game lead over the Seattle Storm, who you see there at plus 420 for the third best odds. And I said early matinee affairs in the WNBA starting in just under two hours at noon Eastern time. It's the storm and the sky in Chicago right now. Chicago, a two and a half point home favorite with an over under that is starting to make its way down. I am already in on this game, a new Eastern time tip that I cannot wait for at 161 and a half. That total was 162 and a half earlier this morning. Seattle on a four game win streak. Chicago on a four game win streak. I bet the under at 162 and a half. So I like to see where the market is moving right now. Seattle has been great defensively in this four game stretch. Their opponents averaging just a tick above 72 points per game. They will need that against the reigning WNBA champs in Chicago, in Chicago against the Sky today. Tons of golf drama still continuing following the Open Championship. Cam Rogers is here to break it down next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The fourth and final major championship of the golf calendar came to an end over the weekend. At the home of golf, the old course at St. Andrews, the 150th Open Championship, where, of course, Cameron Smith named the champion golfer of the year with a final round eight under par 64 at St. Andrews on Sunday. Welcome back to the morning after live right here on SportsGrid, where another Cam joins the show right now. It is Cam Rogers to look back at the final round of the Open and what we saw over the weekend to discuss more golf drama and potential players going to the Live Golf Series, including 
that champion golfer of the year in Cam Smith. And there's still a PGA Tour regular season event on the way in Minnesota this weekend at the 3M Open. Cam, as always, so much to get to. So thank you for joining us here on the show. Hey, Ben, good to be with you, sir. I'm feeling good. I'm vibing Cam Smith, one of my outright selections on your very show last week. So let's yep. keep it going. 22 to 1 was that outright price on Cam Smith entering the tournament. He was the weekend leader following two rounds. A disappointing Saturday was four shots back of Rory and Victor Hovland entering that final round Sunday and fires a 64, including five straight birdies to open up the backside, his home half at St. Andrews that featured a 30, 30 for a par 36 on that final nine. So many words to describe the historic performance that Cam Smith put on display at St. Andrews for Cam Rogers to detail us for us now. What impressed you the most? Certainly was a great week for the Cams. I was busy doing the media circuit. Cam Smith, champion golfer of the year. And hey, how about the rookie Cam Young playing well all the way through that yep. final round there? So there you go. But listen, Cam Smith, what was on my radar with him going into the week? The short game. He was riding a hot putter, gained seven strokes with his putter the week before. That carried over. The short game, top tier going into that particular tournament, the Open Championship. Really good stuff there. And that's how I was sort of handicapping this tournament, Ben, because, listen, the old course is outdated. Let's just say what it is, all right? Everybody's hitting it close to the hole. So who's good with their wedges? Who's good with their short game? Who can save themselves around the greens if they do miss these greens? Cam Smith, one of the best going into the Open Championship at doing so. Also a top-tier wind player. I know that was not really a typical Open Championship in terms yep. of difficult conditions, but... The wind was whipping at times Thursday and Friday, and Cam Smith can lean on that good wind game, if you will, there at the Open. So put that all together. Really a fantastic final round. The opposite, actually, of what we saw in the final round at the Masters, right? Cam Smith was not very good and sort of coughed it up a little bit. But this time at the Open, champion golfer of the year, you knew it was going to happen at some point in terms of winning a major championship. And as I alluded to, the Open has typically catered to that breakthrough victory. Molinari, Stenson, Cam Smith now. 150 Open Championships in the history of the oldest major championship in golf. 30 of them have taken place at the old course at St. Andrews, the home of golf. And a 64 final round number out of Cam Smith was the lowest final round out of any champion golfer of the year at St. Andrews. But just winning a major championship and being a champion golfer of the year, Cam, does not keep you out of the world of golf drama that we have seen and there have been reports that cam smith might be soon joining the live golf series here's what cam smith had to say after that final round on sunday apologies for having to bring this up in these circumstances but your name continues to be mentioned has been mentioned to, to me this week about uh, live golf um what's your position are you interested is there any truth to suggestions that you might be signing um i just won the british open and you're asking about that i think that's pretty not that good I appreciate that, but it's the, the question is still there. Are you interested at all? Is there any truth in that? Uh, I don't know, mate. The, my team around me worries about all that stuff. I'm here to win golf tournaments. That's pretty not that good. Direct quote from Cam Smith. So, Cam Rogers, what is your reaction to what you just heard of the champion golfer of the year? Ben, I'm going to start a side business here. Media training for professional athletes, especially golfers who are thinking about going to live. Like Cam, just answer the question. 
You're in talks, potentially going to live. That's the answer. I know you just won the British Open. I know you want people to ask you about that, but this is very much part of the story in the golf world. It's not going away. These journalists are doing their jobs. Just answer the question, although he sort of did answer the question, Ben, by not answering yeah. the question, because if he wasn't Correct. going to join Liv, he would have pulled a Rory or a JT and been like, dude, what are you talking about? Heck no, I'm loyal to the PGA Tour. He didn't say that. So I knew at that moment he's going to the Live Tour, and it sure as heck seems like that is the case. He's in talks right now, nearing a deal, according to TMZ Sports. So it's happening. Yeah, by not saying much, he said a whole lot. And this continues to be a topic of conversation in the world of golf because Henry Stenson is going to join the Live Golf Series. And maybe Stenson not all that competitive on the golf course anymore, but he was slated to be the Ryder Cup captain for Team Europe in 2023 now because of the joining of live golf Henrik Stetson has to get rid of that captaincy for the Ryder Cup that is how important that is how significant all of these decisions are and frankly when you hear from Henrik Stenson saying how important the Ryder Cup is to him and he would never think of joining live golf because of it or you hear from Dustin Johnson reiterating his loyalty to the PGA Tour or guys like Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka, and then a few months later they go and join live golf because the money is too good stop being hypocrites all right my rant is over cam it feels like a slight letdown going from a major championship at the home of golf at the Open at St. Andrews to the 3M Open this week in Minnesota, but it doesn't mean we can't find value for this event on the PGA Tour. Tony Finau is the favorite at 13 to 1. How do you evaluate the outright market this week? Yeah, Ben, let's be real. This field is not that great, but sometimes you can sort of beat the books in these sort of situations, right? Find that value in the outright market and typically. This tournament has catered to the long shots, Ben. I'm talking about triple digits, 100 to 1, 125 to Ooh. 1. This is going to be a putt fest, if you will. A lot of birdies are going to be flying around. So stay away from the heavy chalk. I'm not in on Matsuyama or Finau or Sunjay M here this week. Going down the board a little bit, I wouldn't say I'm going to the long shot territory, but my pick to win is at 37 to 1. Nick Hardy is his name. I think it's his time mm. soon to break through here on the PGA Tour. It could happen here at the 3M Open. Ninth in strokes gained total over the last 24 rounds. Top 10 in birdie or better percentage. Four straight top 30 finishes on the PGA Tour. Nick Hardy is my guide to win. But my second pick, and this worked for me last week, Sahifi Gala is 22-1. This guy is uber talented. Runner-up yep. at the Travelers Championship. Fifth at the Memorial Played inspired golf last week, Ben, at the Open Championship. Top 40 finish. Probably would have been easy for him to sort of take it easy this week. But maybe he thinks his game is that close and he can win here at the 3M Open. Makes a ton of birdies. Crushes par fives. That's key here this week at TPC Twin Cities. So those are my two outright selections here. Figala 20-1 to 1 right now. And Sahith Figala has been in contention a lot this year. One of the young stars on the PGA Tour. Had a chance at the WM Phoenix Open earlier in this calendar year as well. So maybe not in the outright market then, Cam, but we look at some match bets featuring Tony Finau against Hideki Matsuyama or some of the big names in this field. Where are you going this week from a match bet perspective? Yeah, not a lot of matchup plays here this week on FanDuel, but I do have some good value here. Speaking of Figala, you're getting plus money against Sunjay M here, plus 126, Ben. I'm going in on that for sure. Since the Mexico Open, Figala is 8 for 8. All cuts made with a pair of top fives among 
or top 25. Sunjay M hasn't played a lot of golf lately, and I think he still needs to get some reps under his belt here. Nick Hardy, minus 118 over Brendan Todd. I think that's a pretty safe bet. In my opinion, obviously, I'm picking Hardy to win, so might as well have him in a matchup play over Brendan Todd as well. So those are my best plays in terms of the matchups here. If you want to lay the juice on Tony Finau over Matsuyama, why not? Go ahead. And a couple of top 10 looks as well, and that top 20 board that we saw from Cam Rogers. All for the 3M Open. Some names maybe you don't know, but make sure to take a screenshot of that and lay down some wagers this week for the 3M Open. Cam Rogers, as always, the host of the Lock It In podcast. For Believe, we appreciate your time. Thank you, Ben. Enjoy the week, sir. A full preview of the second half of the Major League Baseball season next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Today is the only full off day we have in the Major League Baseball All-Star break. We had the home run derby on Monday. The All-Star game, of course, last night inside Dodger Stadium. Today, nothing, but we have some Major League Baseball games tomorrow. So much for a break. Hard to get PTO when you play in the majors, but that gives us one full day to reset and preview the second half of the Major League Baseball season. And courtesy of the FanDuel Sportsbook, we can paint a pretty good picture right now, not just with pennant odds or divisional odds, but updated win totals all around the league and make playoff odds once again. So the next two segments, a full preview of the second half of the Major League Baseball campaign right here on a Wednesday, live on the morning after. And helping us do that, one of the brightest baseball minds that I personally know from FanDuel and Number Fire. It is Jim Sonis. Jim, thank you so much for joining us here on this Wednesday. How are you going to enjoy your only full day off in this Major League Baseball All-Star break? Well, it's only for you. Uh, I, I've taken all four days, to be fully honest, Ben. Oh, okay. I kind of started on the weekend. I just kind of ignored Saturday, Sunday. I'm like, we only get one All-Star break. It's football season around the corner. So I did no research of the Home Run Derby. I bet Kyle Schwarber, which is probably part of the reason that the no research thing showed up i got three of the four first round matchups wrong so don't bet when you don't do research i think that's one key takeaway but i've enjoyed my all-star break you know i took monday off i just watched the game last night got to see byron buxton hit a dinger so it's one day for you it's kind of six days for me and honestly i'm living my best life right now even if i am not making money because of the schwerber thing I'm glad that you are living your best life right now. If anybody deserves the time off, it is our guy, Jim Saunas. But now I put you to work to help us look forward to the second half of the Major League Baseball season. I want to start in the National League Central. It is the tightest divisional race in all of the bigs right now. The Brewers own a half-game lead over the St. Louis Cardinals, but still relatively substantially favored to win this division on the FanDuel Sportsbook, a minus-160 price on milwaukee so jim i ask you a rather simple question who wins the national league central 
I think it's probably the Brewers, but what I would say is I think this market is pretty efficiently priced. The Brewers are minus 160, mm-hmm. the Cardinals are plus 125, because my power rankings do favor the Brewers. I view them as a better team in this division, but the gap between the two teams is not all that large. So it's a situation where there is a team that is better by my numbers, but the gap is not all that large, and that's reflected mm-hmm. in the markets where they stand right now. So I think if I, if you like made me, that aside of this division, I would go with Milwaukee because they're the better team right now. I will not be doing that personally, though, because there is upside in the St. Louis team. This offense, I think, is weirdly a bit underrated, potentially. I know that like we respect them, but they're a pretty good offense. If they were to add a more steady arm to the rotation, they could catch Milwaukee. They could win this division. So with where things stand right now, I'm taking a pretty hands-off approach and staying away from it because... I favor Milwaukee straight up, but think that St. Louis has upside, and I think that they are probably right around plus 125 to win this division. So for me personally, I think it's a stay away. I think both these teams are solid, is what I would say, and I respect both them a lot to the point where I'd rather just stay out of this market and view it as being an, an efficient price. The Brew Crew right now, that updated win total, 88 and a half. Two games in front of St. Louis from that win total perspective, 86 and a half the number on the Redbirds. But Milwaukee is minus 290 to make the postseason. St. Louis is minus 158. Of course, Jim, one of them will make the NL playoffs based on winning the divisional crown in the NL Central, but maybe one in a wild card spot as well. Do you think both teams that are in contention for that top spot in the NL Central right now will end up making the National League postseason? Yeah, I think this is one spot where you could potentially actually make a bet. That's on the Cardinals to miss. They're at plus 128 right now. Fangrass has their divisional or their playoff odds at 50%. And they do a good job of incorporating expected regression, stuff like that. And I think this is where the concerns around the rotation come in because they will probably get some sort of upgrade at some point before the deadline based on where they're in the standings right now. I'd expect them to try to make a move there. But the question is how many like difference making needle moving starters are available on the cheap right now and how many of them Hmm. will the cardinals be getting specifically that's kind of my question here right now and will they move the needle enough to overcome the gap between what the market has and what fangrass has at 50 percent i think that to me i'm okay going with plus 128 to miss based around that again i respect this offense a lot i was too low on this cardinals offense coming into the year i was too low on nolan arnado specifically paul Goldschmidt has been fantastic so i think that i was too low on them but i'm okay continuing to be skeptical here if they're going to give me plus 128 and then to miss when fangrass is saying 50 percent to make the playoffs i'm okay believing what those numbers are saying and betting against the Cardinals, despite the fact I do respect what they've done this year and do think they have a path to excelling in the second half if they were to show up that rotation a bit. As Jim just mentioned, most of the odds that you will see from a playoff perspective on the morning after in these next two segments, previewing the second half or make playoff odds, but there is the opportunity to fade with miss the playoff odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook available right now. If the St. Louis Cardinals are to contend for a divisional crown in the Central or just to make the postseason, the MVP favorite right now in the National League, Paul Goldschmidt, will be a big reason why. Plus 115, that number on Goldie, who hit a solo shot in the bottom of the first for the National League last night in the All-Star game. But Jim, how close do you think this market is for the National League MVP in the second half of the year? 
I think it's closer than what the book is saying, in large part because Nolan Arenado's being disrespected, I think, at 30-1, to 1, uh, given what he mm-hmm. does, both as a hitter and a defender. And the issue we could have here is, A, there are a couple paths to Goldschmidt, you know, not winning this crowd. First one is, he could underperform. You know, that's a possibility in the second half. Second one is, they could miss the playoffs, and that could hurt his, his MVP odds as well. So those are two paths. The third path is, Arenado winds up being the guy who carries St. Louis to the postseason. And I think the gap between them right now is way too big. We could see a situation where they kind of cannibalize each other, where people are voting for the Cardinals, but they can't decide between Goldschmidt with the stick and Arenado with the more all-around game. I think that that's my big concern with Goldschmidt right now, which does potentially open up some value elsewhere in this market. I do think Mookie Betts is still worth a consideration at 10-1, to given... Mm what he's been doing when he's been on the field so far this year. Obviously, the time missed does matter because this is, it should be, a bulk award that does account for the full body of work. You want guys who've been out there for the full season. You want that to happen, but Mookie is on a fantastic team. He has been, I think, the best player on that team so far this year, and he's shown the potential to go absolutely bananas in the second half. And I think that if he does what Mookie Betts can do, 10 to 1 could look a bit interesting, even though he does have that that lack of volume in the first half due to the time that he missed. So I still think that Mookie, if I were to play, say, an MVP bet at the NL right now, I would be turning towards Mookie bets because we know what he can do. There's still a path to him going, you know, having a great second half. And I don't think the top of that board is as steady as the odds lead you please. So I think that if I were to place a bet in the NL uh, MVP market, it would be on Mookie bets specifically because I have concerns around a couple different paths to Goldschmidt not being that guy. And you can correlate those markets. The Dodgers, the best team in the National League right now, the favorites for the pennant at plus 155 and a win total of 103.5 updated. That's a very big number on L.A. From the MVP to the Cy Young in the National League. Sandy Alcantara is minus 130 as the odds-on favorite to win the award, yet did not get the start last night for the National League in the All-Star game. Many felt that was disrespectful, despite giving it to the grandeur of Clayton Kershaw at home inside Dodger Stadium in L.A. Sandy did pitch the second inning, one, two, three, striking out the first batters, or the first two batters of his inning of work. Do you think Alcantara right now, Jim, is even more motivated to cash that minus 130 price? Yeah, I'm curious. Could he get better if he were if you were mad like the the ang- angry Sandy narrative? Could that work? But like honestly, I'm not sure how much better he can get because he was so good in that first half. Uh, and honestly, like that there was a picture on Twitter of like Clayton Kershaw in front of like the crowd at Dodger Stadium in the All Star game. That kind of made it worth it to me uh, to have him yeah. start. I think that Alcantara deserved it, but hey, I, I I want to see the cool thing. So I liked Kershaw starting because of that reason. But I think that the issue that Alcantara has is not anything to do with his team, not anything to do with the fact that he's disrespected there, but. His issue might be Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns, 7-1 to one to win the NL Cy Young. We got that Brewers team that uh, is playing really well. My numbers like a lot. I think that they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the second half. And Corbin Burns is a big part of that. He is on a heater right now, getting a lot of strikeouts, but also he's been making some changes, throwing a couple fewer curveballs recently. That's led to an improvement in his hard hit rate, where he's letting up a lot less hard contact. And if you pair those two things together, which is what's led Sandy Alcantara to being a menace, is you can really light things up. So Corbin Burns, I think, 
is the biggest obstacle to Sandy Alcantara winning this award. And I think there is actually value there in Burns at 7-1. to one. The team that he's on, given how good he is, given the potential he has, if he can keep that strikeout, hard hit rate combo going, that's pretty fun. So I think that it, I think I'm leaning towards Corbin Burns right now at seven to one because that price is good because uh, I think that he's just a nasty, nasty pitcher on a very good team. The reigning NL Cy Young Award winner in Corbin Burns, of course, and it's not like just as we wrap up the All Star Game discussion here. Clayton Kershaw has been bad this year, and it was just ceremonious to put him out there. He's seven and right. two with a two one nine ERA. He is deserving of that All Star bid. We will have plenty more with number five and FanDuel's Jim Sonis on the other side of the break. Major League Baseball playoff pretenders or contenders for the second half of this MLB campaign, including teams like the Mariners, the Orioles. What's going to happen with the American League East? What do we do with the AL Central? And what will happen in the National League as well? Jim Sonis is back with us in just a few minutes here on The Morning After. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. second half of the major league baseball regular season yet we are well past the midway point of actual games played so we can paint a picture for the playoffs october baseball who is a pretender and who is a true contender in mlb this year welcome back to the morning after where we are still joined by jim sonis from number fire and FanDuel here on this wednesday on tma and jim let's begin in the American League, because with those updated make playoff odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook that became available once more throughout this Major League Baseball All-Star break, there are five teams right now, five of them with a minus money price to make the American League postseason outside of those divisional frontrunners. In fact, actually including one divisional favorite at the moment, and we'll discuss the American League Central in just a little bit. But you see the Blue Jays at minus 500. The Rays, minus 245. The Mariners on a 14-game win streak. The hottest team in baseball, minus 205. And those two teams from the American League Central, the White Sox, better odds than the Twins at minus 142, despite the fact Minnesota holds a three-game lead over Chicago in the American League Central. So, Jim, five teams with a minus money price to make the American League postseason. Who are the three teams in your mind that will be the wild card teams in the American League? Yeah, so this might spoil something we're talking about later on, but I have to take the Twins out of consideration because I think they're going to win the Central. So we'll toss them out of consideration for right now. Mm. The White Sox, to me, are, are kind of tough uh, to, to figure out in this market because I think the market is just assuming things bounce back to normal for them, and I'm not quite there yet personally so i'm gonna put them lower on this list and if i if i lower the white Sox, as including them as a, a wild card potential team that's inherently gonna put me higher on the blue jays rays and Mariners. i actually think the rays are pretty interesting the the number there is minus 245 i believe which is a pretty hefty number but my numbers like them a lot they are in a a, a division that's decently tough but I do think that, again, there's some upside in this team. This offense has been, frankly, 
underwhelming, not not great throughout most of the year, but that's been because of some injuries. I know Wander Franco's got a handmade bone, which means even when he does come back, he might not be the Wander Franco we, we've grown used to because that's, a, that's an injury that can linger for sure. But even with Franco taken off the active roster, the Rays are still a top seven team in my power rankings based on their current active roster, which does not include mm. So I think they're a very good team. I don't think they're going to beat the Yankees. I think that's 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 a really tough sell for me. But yeah. I do expect them to be a better team than the Jays going forward. I, I like them a bit more uh, than I like the Mariners right now. I think yep. that they're a better team than the White Sox. So the Rays at minus 245, it's a pretty tough number to lay. I don't think there's a ton of value there. But of the of the bets available here, I think the Rays will be my favorite at minus 245 because I think that they are better than what they've done so far is the way I'd phrase that. The Rays are 51 and 41 straight up. Yes, they are 13 games behind the Yankees in the American League East, but Tampa still owns the third best record overall in the American League. Minus 245 for the Rays, who have been the number one overall seed in the American League playoffs each of the last two years. All right, so let's have that American League Central discussion because the Twins own a two-game lead over the Cleveland Guardians, three games up on the Chicago White Sox. And as we look at the AL Central odds, Minnesota just barely a favorite at plus 125 cents ahead of the White Sox at plus 125. Jim, I was going to ask, is this the time to buy in on Chicago? But I get from your set, uh, from your statements that maybe you don't believe in the Southsiders. How come? It's because I believe in the Twins. I think that's the primary thing for me because this Twins team, I know we talked a lot about the White Sox, the injuries they've had, but the same things happened in Minnesota. They had their top six starters from the opening of the opening part of the year were on the IL at one point at the exact same time. The top six starters, there are only five starters in rotation. Their top six guys were all on the IL. <laughs> if they can get those guys healthier, and that's not going to happen with some of them because they're out for the entire year, but... They can get that rotation back, get some of their their younger arms to develop and be legitimate starters. There's a lot of upside there, but they've also got some prospects in the minor leagues they could potentially move to add to their starting rotation. I don't think they're going to trade Carlos Correa. There's been some discussions about maybe they should because he could opt out after this year. I don't think that's going to happen, but with Correa there, with Buxton, with Arise, uh, with Kepler Kirilov, et cetera, et cetera, in this offense, yep. they've actually got one of the better offenses once you adjust for park factor in the entire league. Their WRC plus as a team is 120, which is just sick based on their current active roster. So they've got a great offense. Their relievers, not tremendous, but also not outlierishly bad. So if they can get that rotation healthy once again, I think their upside is really good. So we're talking about the, the odds to make the playoffs early. The reason I didn't talk about the Twins there is because I'd rather just take the AL Central odds. I'm, I don't think right. we're going to see a team from the Central win the wild card. So I think to me, you take the less flexible market. You take the longer price and go with the Twins to win the AL Central at plus 120. I do think there's value in that number right now. If you compare it to the Fangrass odds, you won't see that. You know, Fangrass is lower on the Twins than I am, but it's because I think there is some projectability in this rotation, there is a potential for them to add an arm, potentially get better there. So yeah. I know that the narrative around the White Sox, which is an accurate one, is that they've been hurt a lot. Very, very true. Could not agree more. Right. But it's also true for the Twins, and I kind of like their upside. So the Twins plus 120 to me is the way to go in this market, given the potential for this team to perform better than what they've done thus far.
it's a great look to find that plus money because, of course, if the Twins win the AL Central, they will make the postseason. And the wild card race is very competitive at the moment, including the Seattle Mariners. The third best odds out of those wild card teams at minus 205 live right now at the All-Star break on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Of course, Seattle is the hottest team in baseball. They enter the All-Star break, ending the first half of the year on a 14 game winning streak but Jim I ask you for the second half of this MLB season how legitimate of a contender are the Seattle Mariners I think that they're a solid team I would not deem them to be a contender uh, because contender to me implies they have a chance to win the American League chance to win the World Series and I don't think they have that upside because you kind of need some stars to do that. And I don't see this as being like a, a star laden team. Obviously there's a lot of variance in the postseason, So that could change things for sure. But what I would say is that this run has not been fluky. I mean, obviously a 14 game win streak will be fluky inherently, but I don't think it came out of nowhere. They're a decently good team. They're ranked 13th in my power rankings right now. So, They've got a sick bullpen. Uh, their hitting is pretty solid, and it's getting better with Julio Rodriguez finally, like, fully, fully reaching his potential. So they are a good team. I'm wondering how the starters hold up because there are some guys in that rotation who I can't quite fully buy into, and that's kind of keeping me from being higher on this Mariners team than I am. So right now, uh, you mentioned minus 205, I believe it was, in their playoff odds. That's, yep. that's right in line with where they should be. I can't bet that number. I also don't want to bet them to miss the playoffs, given the, the run that they've had. I think that, you know, they're probably just appropriately priced right now. The one thing we have to consider with them is that Jerry Depoto is like a wild, wild dude. Could always make some moves, uh, add to this rotation. And if they're not leaning on Marco Gonzalez to be a top-end starter, not leaning on Chris Flex and stuff like that, then they could have the upside. So maybe they make some moves, uh, which... They're, they are want to do. Um, but I think for right now, I think they're appropriately priced. I think that, again, this this run did not come out of nowhere because they are actually are a solid team. I just don't want to get too aggressive with them because the upside to me is the biggest question mark around this team. And Julio Rodriguez, as we just displayed, minus 370 as the heavy odds-on favorite to win American League Rookie of the Year. The J-Rod Show will be a name many now follow in baseball following the 81 home runs he hit in the Derby on Monday night for that runner-up performance. Now, Dim, quickly here in the American League, before we flip it over to the NL, the Red Sox and the Guardians are two and two and a half games back, respectively, of that sixth and final spot in the AL wildcard race, both in plus money in the playoff odds right now. Do you give the Red Sox or the Guardians any shot of reaching the postseason? I think if I were to pick between the two, I'd go with the Red Sox at plus 110. But personally, I think it's because I have faith in the Blue Jays, because I have faith in the Rays, and the Mariners, I think, are are pretty solid. I'm okay not taking the bait in the Red Sox at the plus money at plus 110. I think that they're a better team than this Guardians roster is right now. But the problem is... They just lost Chris Sale. That was kind of one of the, the paths to them exceeding expectations. Yep. Sounds like he will be missing at least a month and a half or so. That's a pretty big bummer. Um, so I think to me, with where things stand right now, I'd be okay missing out on them if they were to make the playoffs. I think that they're the better bet between the two, but also not one I want to make because I respect the teams currently above them. Jim, how about the Baltimore Orioles? A 12 to 1 price plus 1200 to make the AL wild card. It's long for a reason, is what I'd say, Ben. Um, Right now, the Orioles are still 23rd in my power rankings. They are a pretty good defensive team. They've got some decent relief pitching. But 
the offense is still okay. Uh, it's a question mark. The starting pitching is not ideal yet. So I think that sometimes uh, they're a long shot for a reason. But, I mean, they've been a fun story. They've been fun to watch. Yeah. There are a lot of guys on the team but really enjoy. Cedric Mullins, you know, if he were to regain his last year form, maybe that, that, that offense does show more upside. But I think for me, they're more of a fun story and a team that I've enjoyed watching. And I, I enjoyed watching them at times last year, too, because they have fun individual players. So I hope they do well. Yeah. I would love to watch them play relevant baseball in September because they have a lot of guys I really do enjoy I just don't want to put my money on the line to for that to happen. We'll always have the fond memories of the first half of this Major League Baseball season for the Baltimore Orioles. All right, now in the National League, Jim. The Dodgers are the pennant favorites, and they have a 10-game lead in the National League West over the Padres, 12-and-a-half over the Giants. I don't think this division is going to be all that competitive in the second half, but for San Diego in San Francisco, when the Padres are minus 340 to make the postseason, the Giants are plus 120. How do you evaluate both of these teams out of the National League West? I still like the Giants. I still think that they're a really solid team. I, I have, like, interest in them from an upside perspective. Right now, they're a half game out of the National League wildcard race, but I look at this uh, this rotation. I look at this 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 the potential in this lineup, and I do think there is upside in them. So, I was talking before about how I was skeptical of the St. Louis Cardinals. Maybe I was willing to bet against them to make the postseason. I'm a bit skeptical of San Diego as well, given the Tatis timeline has been what that's been. Philadelphia has its own issues. I kind of think that the Giants are pretty tempting at plus money to make the postseason because there's, again, upside in this team. They've got a lot of six starters in that rotation. They've got, I think, a creative offense that is able to work its way around the issues that it has. They're plus 120 to make the postseason right now. Yeah. I actually do like that number a pretty decent amount. Uh, right now, Fangrass has their playoff odds at 52%. I kind of like it. I think that I buy yeah. into that number. So the the forty the the Giants for me, I think if I'm betting one, I I think that they're my favorite. And I actually do like that one quite a bit. They're only a half game out of that sixth and final spot where there is currently a tie between the Phillies and the Cardinals. So how about Philadelphia, Jim? Can they be a wild card team the rest of the way? Well, I have swore them off uh, a long time ago, so I personally will not be putting any money on the Phillies. I know how that one goes. I am still burned, Ben, still burned. So uh, not going there personally. I think that for me, I would need a guarantee that Harper comes back pretty soon and is effective before I go in on them. Uh, he's the big question mark for me. Jim Sonnens, a fan duel and number fire, here for two segments on this Wednesday TMA for your full preview of the second half of the Major League Baseball season. Jim, get some more rest. I feel ready and uh, to go for the second half of the year. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. We will talk very soon. We end out the show up next on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Closing out our two hours together here live on the morning after on this Wednesday on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, all across the Sports Grid network as well. That's where you've been tuning in on this Wednesday, and thank you for doing just that. I am Ben Stevens. A matinee affair on this Wednesday afternoon in the WNBA with the team at the top of the standings. The Chicago Sky, the reigning WNBA champs against the team that sits in third right now, the Seattle Storm. A noon Eastern time tip, 11 a.m. Central time locally in Chicago for a huge WNBA matchup between two of the three best teams in the league, the Sky and the Storm. Right now, Chicago, a two and a half point favorite. But boy, oh boy, has that total been a moving? We discuss it now before we say farewell. And before we say goodbye, we got to get this best bet in very quickly. It is time for Bye Bye Bye. Only about an hour until tip in Chicago between the sky and the storm. Both teams on a four-game winning streak as it stands right now. We discussed this game earlier, previewing it, because it is such a monumental matchup for the WNBA right now the total earlier this morning 162 and a half I loved it grabbed it then why the storm one of the best defensive teams in the WNBA on this four game win streak only allowing their opponents to average just about 72 points per game and Chicago can score but I still thought we would stay under then it dropped to 161 and a half just about an hour ago live right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook we're down to 159 and a half for that over under a three point drop in about an hour and a half do we try to find a middle now maybe go back over that number I would stay away I think defense wins the day in Chicago for Sue Bird and the Storm keeping this game close within that two and a half point spread and we still see an under of 161 and a half maybe even 159 in a hook now the morning after each and every weekday it starts at 9 a.m eastern time I'm Ben Stevens and we'll talk tomorrow